Love podcast. Usually in Swiss German, but today we're doing it in English. Uh, we are podcasting since 2009. So uh, some of you have not even been born yet at that date, which is quite, uh, quite something. As usual, I am Matt, the spiritual leader of the hardcore MMA fans in Central Europe. With me today is your co-host, ring speaker extraordinaire, and the granddaddy of Swiss fight sports. Also now the leader of the third squad, Vladimir Baumann. Now, um, please tell your friends, probation officers, secret affairs, where they can listen to our podcast. You can find us on mma-love.com, Instagram and Facebook, MMA Love Podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast. Give us good reviews. Slide into our DMs. Be friendly. Buy us coffee. So, enough of this, uh, this bullshit. Our guest today was the very first athlete to compete for the Swiss national team at the IMMAF Worlds. And, of course, um, we are stoked... Uh, to find out more about her and, of course, her martial arts life. And it's with great pleasure to introduce to you uh, Barbara Elorassi. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for this amazing <laughs> introduction. Barbara, we tried, to, we yes. tried to connect with you last week. Unfortunately, it didn't work, but yeah. we're, we're very pleased to have you here. So, um, we'll, we'll, of course, we'll talk about your IMMAF adventures, but now, first... For people who don't know who you are, please please tell the people a little bit about yourself. Uh, so my name is Barbara Elrassi. I'm 26 years old. Uh, I'm Swiss-Lebanese-Italian. Um, mm. I started my uh, fighting career in uh, Lebanon uh, at the age of eight. Uh, I first started Chinese kickboxing, known as Sanda or Kung Fu. Uh, and uh, two years ago, I moved to Switzerland, and uh, eight months ago, I started uh, MMA, and here, here I am today. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is quite a journey, man. That's like <laughs> that is that is a career I've I've never heard before. So, did you did you as a as a child or something? Did you really just start out with martial arts, or did you do something else as well? So actually, I, um, I, we started like some after school activities and uh, I first went into ballet classes. Uh, I just lasted for like 10 minutes and then I went out of the classroom. I couldn't really handle it. It wasn't me. And I searched for my little brother, my big brother, who was uh, trying Kung Fu classes. And uh, I tried it with him and I loved it. And I fell in love with, the, with combat sports in general. And uh, yeah, I never stopped ever since. So some some MMA fans and even fighters are telling me that dancing is the best base for MMA. But you you uh, you didn't quite feel the same way when you joined ballet classes, right? Maybe maybe because it was ballet. Um, I I see what they're trying to say. Maybe into like more like uh, hip hop stuff because uh, it does uh, work your footwork, you know. But uh, not I'm not sure ballet is the thing. <laughs> Very good. So, are you a good dancer? Uh, I'm not a pro, but I'm not that bad. Okay. <laughs> so, this kung fu thing—what what is it? Does it have a spe specific significance in in the Lebanon that it's it's popular there, or? Um, 
No, it's not that uh, it, it has a significant because actually it's a Chinese martial arts, so it, it's basically from China initially. Um, uh, but I really love the culture behind it, um, um, and we've seen a lot of uh, known people like Bruce Lee and Jet Li. Um, so it's not just the sport itself; it's also the the culture and everything that comes behind. So um, I don't know. It was coincidence, maybe. I I, w- I always say that the the sport chose me more than I chose the sport. Oh, C- can you re- uh, remember what kind of uh, kung fu style it was that where you started? Um. So in kung fu, you have um, you have sanda, which is the the fighting part, and you also oh. have taoru, which is m- like people know it more and uh, like kata. Um, so at a young age, I used to do both, and uh, with time, I even did the tai chi, which is a very slow, um, meditative part. I don't know how to explain it really. And then um, later on, I really concentrated on the fighting part and and stayed stayed with this part. You you also did tai chi. It sounds very difficult. Uh, sounds very difficult for somebody who is like almost like a child. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, t- uh, tai chi. I did it. I was. Uh, I'm not. I wasn't a an ad. Like I was like nineteen, something like that. And uh, honestly, in the beginning, I didn't like it at all. Uh, but I did it because um, I had a. Several injuries. One of them was was my uh, uh, nose that I operated uh, because I broke it in training and I couldn't uh, get hit on it nor jump. Uh, so the fighting part had to be put aside for a while. And um, one of my coaches uh, told me, why don't you try Tai Chi? And, and in the beginning, it was really hard for me because it's very calm. It, it's very... Um, Uh, meditative it's very uh, it's very hard for someone who's, who's doing fighting to all, all of a sudden um calm down you know so yeah. i won't lie in the beginning it was hard for me and slowly i started falling in love with it and like getting to know myself better and and it's 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 in a whole new aspect of um martial arts honestly What did you learn about yourself? Uh, you know, they say you have to be good with chaos, but you have to be good with silence, you know? And I think I didn't understand that. I thought that if there's music and if there's so much um, life around you, then you're good. But the harder part is being good when you're alone and when you're by yourself and when you're calm and when you're when everything is shut down and when you're good with both of them then you become a better version of yourself that's deep thinking for somebody who's 26 years old i wasn't thinking like that <laughs> that's very good so uh, we know, of course, I, I know a bit about Sanda. I also trained with a, with a Sanda guy for a long time. I hated his takedowns. Actually, can you can you go a bit into into Sanda and and what it what it taught you and what you, what you like about it? Yeah, um, Sanda has. First of all, I think Sanda is great base for MMA. Uh, we've got uh, the the punching, the kicking, and the wrestling. And the re- wrestling is really special. It's different from 
other type of type of wrestling. First of all, because in Sanda you've got three seconds um, to put your opponent down, or else the um, they stop you, and then you have to restart again. So you have to act really fast. You have to you have to know how to put someone down basically in just three seconds. Um, so this is really challenging, and it really works your reactions and and reactive movements, and and also what what we are known for is is using the other's um, power um, to put someone down rather than um, using your own. So I don't know if if, 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 if it's clear, mm-hmm. but um, it's using the other's body's force against you to put someone down. So it's very technical uh, and, 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 and very fast. And that's, that's, that's what's special about the wrestling part in, in Sanda. Yeah, it makes sense. It's also and a concept we know from, from judo, for example, yeah. where you basically don't, do not try ju- just to force or brute force your way into, into what you want to achieve, but, but use the opponent's force or the opponent's movement to do that. So you'd say that mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's similar in Sanda. Yeah, it's very flowing. It's a, it's very, uh, it's, it's it's a fast rhythm. A rhythm considered to other, uh, to other sports, um, and and that's one of the things I saw uh, on my first experience uh, in the IMOF uh, in MMA. And did you also compete in uh, in Sanda in in Lebanon? Yeah, actually, I I represented Lebanon. For so many years in Sanda, um, I represented them even internationally. I was part of the national team. And two years ago, I moved to Switzerland and I started representing uh, Switzerland as well. Um, yeah. yeah, basically this is it. How did that did that tournament thing and the national team in in Sanda work for you? Did did you did you attend a lot of, of, of World Cups also? And and what is your accolade there? Uh, you're asking uh, regarding Lebanon or Switzerland? No, Lebanon. In, in, the Sanda, in the Sanda part. You said that you were part of the national team there as well. So you, did you attend world championships or just like... Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so um, I gradually moved up the ladder like everyone else. I started really young mm-hmm. at eight. I started national competition, became national champion for so many years and then I started uh, training with the national team we started going up uh, out on competitions uh, Arabs uh, Arabs championship uh, Mediterranean championship Europe championship and world championships uh, yeah and it's been it's been a long ride with them and then you come to Switzerland and and you end up in Neuchâtel how, how did that come about yeah, uh, so I came two years ago for my studies and because I'm half Swiss, obviously. Uh, I started uh, Sanda with the national team that I know them from world championships and, and international competitions. So we had uh, some contacts and I competed in some national championships here in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, I first started training in uh, Lausanne. Um and uh, but the, the training was more into kickboxing. Um, so I did two championships in kickboxing here in Switzerland, and then um, I met uh, my manager who uh, introduced me to uh, my co- my head coach now, 
Nelson and um, their training center is in Neuchâtel. So I went there and honestly the vibe, the the team, the the spirit, the knowledge is is on another level. Um, and I, I, I actually decided to do the whole trip because for me, it's like two hours road to go train and two hours to come back, but it's totally worth it for me at this point. So you still live in Lausanne and you, try, and you com commute? I, I, I live in Vevey, not in Lausanne, oh, okay. yeah. uh, but I used to train in Lausanne in another, uh, in another team, but it was yeah. very constant. It was very kickboxing concentrated and yeah. I, w I wanted to do the move to MMA. So, so yeah. What did you, wh why did you want to do the move to MMA? What did you, did you started to watch MMA or what is the, what is the, the decision process behind that? Um, Honestly, first of all, I used to watch MMA a lot. It was something I wanted, but I kind of like didn't do the step, especially when I was in Lebanon because because I was too too much into the Sanda world that I don't know. I just didn't do the step and try something new. And when I came to Switzerland, I really wanted to to try new stuff. You know, I've been into Sanda for like 18 years, and I wanted to learn. Like to go back to the, to being a, a student that knows nothing, you know. So the ground, the ground part was, uh, for me was a, is, and it still is a, a big challenge. Uh, so I felt like I wanted to learn more. I don't know. I, I wanted to challenge myself in something new. And we, we both know also that MMA is, is, is a big thing nowadays, you know. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I just felt like challenged to, To go into that yeah i mean i hope so it's it, it 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 should get even even bigger and with athletes like you it's i think it's it's a it's a huge step forward also for mma in switzerland that people that that are intelligent and know how to speak and have a have experience that they start to represent mma in switzerland as well because it's still still difficult yeah switzerland especially yeah, yeah. difficult because people are not that into fight sports i mean They have been for for a time in in the nineties when Andy Hook was was kickboxing, but since then hasn't catched yeah. caught on so much. But yeah, we we hope that it's it's We're getting, getting there. Yeah, <laughs> um, you say you you say you watch MMA. That I think the listeners would be interested in in your in your favorite fighters, for for example. Yeah, um, my favorite is Rose. I really like Rose. Um, there's also Zhang Weili, which is. Um, She's a Sanda fighter initially, yeah. so uh, I have to I have to like her, you know. <laughs> yeah, my one of my uh, favorite fighters is Shang Wei Li. That is that is. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I get why why she's your favorite fighter. She's awesome, but also Rose, of course, because she beat her twice now. That's that's a bit sad. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I, I used to like Rose like before even meeting Zhang. You know, yeah. I like I like Rose because she, I like her fighting style for sure. But I also like her story. I like her humbleness. I like her, you know, in this sport, it's not about only um, the sport, but also what it teaches you in life, you know. And with everything, with with the, with everything she reached, she's been so humble and so concentrated, and and just don't lose focus, you know. She doesn't lose focus even with all all she's she she accomplished. What did, what do you think about Rose? Because at the beginning of her career, 
she was a bit shaky. Like she was winning and losing. Sometimes you thought that she wasn't quite there, but in her last few mm-hmm. fights, she really, really. And and I agree what you say that that focus of hers is is something I I think I haven't seen anywhere else because if you know about Rose, she talks about how nervous she is and she's a very kind and sweet person outside of the cage. But then, what do you think changed with her? What 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 do you think makes her what she is now? Honestly, there's something we everyone needs to understand is that losing is part of the the journey and. And, and I think this is what made her what she is today. I mean, she, she, you have to learn how it works. Uh, in my, in my, uh, EMAF, uh, uh, experience now, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that it's not the same as Sanda. It's not the same as other sports. Everything, every sport has its own, um, its own things that you need to work on, you know? And, and in the same time, it's a journey. You have to discover yourself through it. You have to see what's your weaknesses, uh, even when it comes to the mental state, you know. Maybe she she is someone that's uh, very stressed, and maybe she was technically always ready and always on top, but mentally she wasn't, uh, she wasn't that tough. And throughout the years, this mental toughness, toughness grew bigger, and that's why now she... She's so confident that she can do it, you know. Uh, honestly, I, I didn't really follow her debut to see if she evolved, but I'm sure she did because no one starts already on the top, you know. Mm-hmm. They all, whenever they get into the UFC, they all evolve, you know. And uh, But what's what's hardest part is to, it's to stay on top, you know. And uh, and I think this is because she stay focused, because she stay humble, because she stay uh, she, she stayed the same person she was, you know, still working hard, still focused, still humble, and that, and that's a something very hard to 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 keep whenever you reach uh, a certain position like like hers, you know. Absolutely. Um, you also reached already quite a high by going, uh, by representing Switzerland, going uh, to Abu Dhabi, competing at the world championships, being actually the, the only representative of this yeah. once kind of like, um, crowded team who just got decimated. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about the experience uh, down there in Abu Dhabi? Yeah. So, uh, so I was hoping to fight uh, before uh, the EMAF to get some experience in uh, in in MMA because it's it's a totally different sport than Sanda. Uh, however, both of my fights got cancelled the day of the championships, so I had to go to the EMAF with no MMA experience. Um, there was a whole team ready, like uh, five or six people. Uh, however, m- some of them got covered a um, few weeks before the championship. Uh, our head coach had to also, our head coach, which is who is also the national coach, had to cancel due to personal and valid reasons. And there was me and uh, another girl uh, called Jess, uh, my teammate, mm-hmm. who uh, were going to travel. 
Yeah, friend Sorry? of the pod. Yeah, friend of the podcast. We interviewed her um, as a, 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 like a few weeks ago when we still thought she would go to Abu Dhabi. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea then. Uh, then she was supposed to come with us, so with me actually. And we, when we heard the news, you know, about our head coach and stuff, it was kind of stressing. You know, you're going with 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 no coach. We tried to put someone else um, uh, on the plane, but he also was positive before so he he on the test it it still showed as positive so he couldn't fly as well so mm-hmm. we said okay we're gonna still go even if it's like two girls we're gonna do it girls power and just the night before we travel <laughs> um, just uh just was already you know not feeling super good these last few days because we thought because of the weight cut because she had a heavy weight cut but uh, she tested herself the night Mm -hmm. before and she turned out to be positive so I was like (laughs) I was flying like less than like four or five hours later and I was like (laughs) I'm not gonna cancel but I'm going by myself on my first MMA fight on (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was crazy, you know, but in the same time, I was like, maybe it's a sign, you know, because I I was in Lebanon before and there was so many COVID cases. I didn't get COVID. I came to Switzerland. We trained with like a very tiny, small, small group because we were scared of COVID. And I rolled with one of the person who got COVID and I had to quarantine for five days. And I didn't get the COVID. And then just, and I didn't get the COVID. So I was like, this is a sign. I have to go, you know? <laughs> and I said, let's go. And that's that's what happened, actually. I went by myself. It wasn't easy because there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of things you have to do there before the fight. And it's quite, it's quite stressful. It's quite tiring uh, because you also have to, take care of yourself uh, before the fights, uh, cutting weight, uh, like resting, being ready, you know, uh, all this by yourself. It was a bit, uh, it, w- it was tough. I won't say it wasn't, you know, but we did it. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, you did it. I mean, that's, I mean, first of all, nobody else did it. Yeah, huge respect for that. I mean, I, t- <laughs> I mean, huge respect for that because I think a lot of people would have, would have not done it and and yeah. you that you just decided let, let, okay man come on fuck this i'm yeah. going anyway it's like it's amazing i i love this and story. by the way i i really want to sh- give a shout out for the french team because uh, as you know i had no coach and um, it wasn't an option for me to go in without a coach it's not allowed in the emof so i had to find a uh, a team that speaks the same language as me and that would accept to uh, corner me, you know? Uh-huh. So yeah. I, I, the French team uh, gladly accepted. And uh, so I got, I got the chance to be cornered by them and I thank them a lot. Uh, it was a great experience, uh, even though the results were not there, but uh, yeah. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup, France. Yeah. C'est bon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is that is actually amazing. How did you how did you find them or how did you make contact? You just were walking around and said, People, I need a coach. 
please coach me or how, how did that work <laughs> honestly the good part about the whole thing is that switzerland uh, got to um, i don't know how to say it but a, a lot of the teams got to know that i was the only swiss representative you know <laughs> and i was without the coach because it was like on not on the news but everyone was like so shocked you yeah. know yeah <laughs> Even like when arriving at the airport, like all the teams, like I'm, I, I bumped into other teams, obviously, because some people were on the plane, some were yeah. arriving and there was someone who had to pick us up. And I was like by myself. So <laughs> everyone was kind of always looking at me like, who's this girl by herself? You know? <laughs> yeah, that is, the mo- that is the most amazing story. It's, it's so good that you went and that you took the chance. That is an MMA yep. thing we have to learn. All, all of us, all, also the listeners and, and all the fighters, if there is a chance that presents to to yourself, you have to take it. It it might never come again, and of course, and then we'll talk about it. You you didn't get the result you wished for exactly, yep. I think, but yep. um, this this experience it it will never leave you. You'll have it for the rest of your life, and it it sounds awesome. I mean, <laughs> it's really yeah. the best. So um, you find you fly there by yourself. You find yourself a coach. Did you did you find training partners to work out with a bit before the fights? Uh, honestly, no. And one of the challenging part is was um, due to due to the COVID, um, there was some restrictions and yeah. like the yeah. whole concept that they did. So we were in bubbles. So we were divided into two uh, two or three hotels. I was in the main hotel, and the French team was in another hotel. And the thing is that since we're in bubbles, I'm not allowed to go to their hotel and they're not allowed mm-hmm. to come to my hotel. Very so good. So this was, this was an extra challenge because <laughs> I wanted to at least have a quick training with them just to get to know yeah. each other, you know, t- to see how, to see how it's going to go. Because so, sometimes y- you you click with someone and sometimes you don't. And, and that was mm-hmm. the scary part with me. Uh, however, what happened is... Um, a day before, um, uh, I, I got to fight on the second day, not on the first day, uh, which was amazing for me because it was too frustrating to finish the paperwork and fight the next day, noting I finished maybe all the work, the paperwork and the stuff really late at night. So I gained one day and in this day there was fights and I went to the arena to watch some fights and get into the fighting mood, you know. And I saw the French team that I did not meet and that accepted through f- phone messages and emails. So <laughs> I went into the warm-up uh, area and I saw them there. So I just went towards them and introduced myself. And they're like, uh, I'm like, I wish we could have done like a training, you know. And they're like, what are you doing afterwards? Like after after the fights? And I'm like, I was supposed to go to the hotel and rest for my fight tomorrow. And they're like, do you have some stuff with you? And thank God I had some wraps and the mouth guard and, and, and some gloves with me. I don't know why I got them. I just, I, it's, I just had a feeling, you know. And mm-hmm. we stayed on the mats after the fights. And we, we did a quick one hour, 45 minutes training together. And we clicked and it was amazing. And then the next day I fought. 
That's how wow. it, that's it sounds wow. like. It sounds like you're lying all the time, but we know it's we know it's true. It's some 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 higher power must have had it against you, and they and you still managed to go through. That is that is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you, what is your? I mean, okay, then 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 it's it's fight day. How did that went for you? How did you feel when you? How how was that that whole experience for you? The fight day. Uh, so obviously, the night before, I had to cut some weight. Uh, I cut my weight. It's always uh, hard, but m- m- I didn't have much to cut, so I was okay. Uh, the, in the morning, like really early, we have weigh-ins. Uh, I was obviously thirsty, hungry, uh, tired, you know. <laughs> uh, but I made it through because, you know, on weigh-ins, like there's the everyone, like all the teams that want to go through. And when you're alone... Uh, big teams try to pass pass through uh, and not wait for the for the line, so it was kind of a bit frustrating for me because my fight was the first, which was at eleven, and you have to eat and drink before, like as early as possible, so that your body can get in mm-hmm. the fluids and the vitamins that it needs before the fight. So this was a bit frustrating, but then when I ate, everything went well. And I went to the arena, and uh, I started warming up. The French team came. They started warming me up, and then we went to the fight. <laughs> <laughs> did you know Did you know about the opponent before, or was that a, a, day, a day off announcement? Uh, uh, actually, yeah. Uh, I did know about uh, the opponent, well, like one day before. Uh, I didn't know because on actually my fight was on Tuesday on Sunday night that's why I told you I finished really late because we had the uh, how do you say like the pickup of the opponents you know mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. it's a big draw you know yeah it's it's an electronic draw you know mm-hmm. and so I knew about my opponent on Sunday night really night really late but the connection wasn't working I couldn't. I, I had a lot of hard time uh, finding uh, about my opponent because the connection was really bad at the hotel. So what I did is that I woke up in the middle of the night so that all the fighters are sleeping to be able to watch videos of my opponent. <laughs> oh my god! Can it, no. can it go? Can it go <laughs> any worse? I mean, no, no, it can't. Honestly, because actually, what happened is that people that are fighting on Monday. And they got their opponents, uh, the news of their opponents on Sunday night. They only have less than, they only have few hours at night to to study their opponents. So everyone was using the connection. So I had no chance to ever load any videos or even find her on the internet. So at the end, I was so frustrated that I just slept and then I'm, put an alarm at the at the middle of the night and I knew that all the fighters were sleeping and this is when I was watching the videos <laughs> and studying my opponent. So then you found out that not only you're by yourself and you have to go through all this, now your opponent is also the reigning Russian national champion. Well, it can't get any worse yeah. than that. Um, uh Look, it can. It can always get any worse. <laughs> yes, <laughs> now we know. That I learned in now we know. <laughs> it can always get worse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a big challenge. But honestly, when, you know, 
I learned through the years that when you go to a, a championship like this, you cannot really say there's, I want to have this one because she seems um, less uh, scary or whatever, you know, because yeah. everyone is at a certain high level that everyone is a challenge, you know? Sure. Uh, and if you have a mindset where you, you're going for the gold, you shouldn't really care about what comes in front of you, you know? Honestly, mm-hmm. I did not have the best draw. That's true because I had the Russian and after the Russian, I had Bahrain. Bahrain are known to be number one in, in, the, in the MMA IMAF. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're also um, Brazilian based. They're Brazilian people that that are given the nationality. Yeah, Berto, Berto also so, and Silva and Silva are, are fighting for Bahrain. That's probably probably uh, yeah. not not directly from Bahrain. That's a Bahraini <laughs> yeah, so name, I, actually. Silva, yes, I, I, know, I know. It's Ahmed uh, Silva. <laughs> yeah. So I I didn't get the best bracket, and I I knew that from the beginning, but. I was like, I was concentrated on one fight after the other. And I don't think it was, uh, like, I think I was also a challenge for her, you know? Because so, you didn't yeah, know anything from me. <laughs> because there was no video at all. <laughs> about me or about her? Yeah. Well, well if it, if it's, it was your MMA debut, so there was no videos to watch watch for yeah, her. Yeah, but guess. I mean, I mean, she she knew very well. Look, she knew re- very well uh, that I was a striker. She knew very well. Yeah. Uh, like I, uh, I have a lot of Sanda videos. Uh, I'm known in yeah. the Sanda world, so she yeah. she knew I was a striker, and this showed really well in her game because yeah. all she wanted was to take me down. Yeah. She didn't want. Uh, she didn't. She all she wanted is breaking the distance and put me down because she knew that on the on the striking game I I would beat her. You know, so she she, she was smart. She she followed the strategy and and it worked. All right, and then she won, and then it's it's one fight and out. Or is it? Was yeah. there a chance after that loss that you'd still compete, maybe in a in a hopeful round or something like that? Uh, no, no, because you know when when you uh, it's brackets. So when you're uh, yeah, a lot yeah, of you're... fighters, as soon as you lose, you're out. Yes, you know? okay. So you okay. don't. Uh, this is what's hard in our sports because sometimes you train for so long and then you have less than few minutes in the fight and True. that's it. You know. So yeah, um, but it did get worse after the loss because yes. uh, of course, as soon as I lost, <laughs> as soon as I lost. Uh, they call me uh, from the authorities and they're like, where are you? Uh, you have to quarantine now. And <laughs> I didn't really get it at the beginning. I'm like, why? They're like, because you were in close contact with um, a positive case. And uh, so they quarantined me at the hotel. And obviously the only uh, close contact that I had Tiana. <laughs> was... was <laughs> was with her because the French team uh, didn't even know about the story and no one of them was negative, uh, positive. So she was the only one I was in contact with. Um, but indirectly, the, res- the people responsible there are not allowed to say it's her, but sure. it's her. Uh, so, so the Russian girl tested yeah. positive? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and- my goodness. 
<laughs> yeah, Diana, Diana did. I mean, of course. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, she tested yeah. positive for all kind of stuff, not only COVID. I mean, <laughs> this is well. This is Russia. No, you, you so test you, positive yeah, for yeah. for COVID and stuff. So yeah, you already okay. so all, you also had to then then you have to quarantine in in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Yeah, I had to quarantine in Abu Dhabi. They had, uh, I think IMAF had certain their own rules uh, in Abu Dhabi. So I had to quarantine for only two days, thank God. But in the beginning, I didn't know that. So I cried a lot. <laughs> Because I thought I'm going to be stuck there for I don't know how many days. Mm-hmm. And either I'm positive, so it can go up to 10 days, either I'm negative, then it can go up to five days and I'm going to miss the whole fights, the whole experience. So both ways, it was very hard for me because I already lost and I'm, they tell me I'm quarantined and I don't know if I'm positive or not. And obviously for me and for me, and I know, it's true she knew she was positive before fighting me but she did it anyways oh it's it's amazing so who do we blame for all of this do we do we blame nelson <laughs> nelson yeah nelson come yeah, on nelson. we have well, to we blame some, we have to blame, blame someone uh would it change something to blame others yes never <laughs> yes <laughs> So you fl- you fly home. You're back now. Now, what what do What's you make of this? On? What what do you what is what are your plans? What is my plan? My plan is first of all, I need to to work on my my ground, like n- not a little bit, but in a way where if someone thinks my weakness is the ground they're 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 gonna think twice you know i want to keep doing as much as possible to become so comfortable with the ground um this is one two i want to fight as much as possible i don't care about losing or winning i want to gain experience as much as possible um in mma in in bjj whatever comes my way i just want to fight i just want to take fights i just want to gain experience because it's now or never you know um i i have nothing to lose you know i no. i was surely sad that i lost but it wasn't about losing that uh, made me sad it was because i didn't get the chance to to show my striking abilities because it went so fast you know um and uh, yeah i just want to work on on adjusting my sanda to the MMA world because I know it can be a, such a strong weapon, but it can be also such a big weakness if you don't know how to adjust it to MMA. And yeah. that's one of the big things that I learned in uh, in in Imaf. In so you want to get right back on the horse? Now I I heard that there is a there is a, some MMA competition going on at the end of March. Some guys, I don't know, Matthias, Vladimir yeah. is what they call. They organize something. So would that be something for you? Yes, yes. I, I, I saw them when I was in the trip. Honestly, I saw I saw uh, our coaches send something on the groups saying oh. that there's a few fights on March. Uh, I did not apply yet because I was still in uh, Abu Dhabi with everything going on but yeah mm. it's definitely it's definitely 
it's definitely one of the things I'm gonna do. Uh, just I just landed, so just give me a few days. Mm. We give you a I'll few hours to decide. I'll then. be applying to everything that's coming up, you know. So uh, I'm writing down your application as we speak. Is that okay? <laughs> um, I sp I said on this program before, for for women to fight here in Switzerland is very difficult because there's practically no one here who who competes in MMA. Now I said, isn't it better for for women to kind of like skip the amateurs and go straight to pro, where they might have more no. chances to fight in Europe? No, okay. No, Why because um, in pro, you, you in the, first of all, in amateur, you need this amateur experience. Like as much experience as much as I had experience in Sunda, it's a different world. It's it's different story. It's a different game. It's different strategies. It's a different pace. Uh, so you need that. Uh, for me, it was my first time getting into a cage. Uh, I, I, I like as an amateur, you need that. Uh, even emotionally, to like uh, deal with all the, the 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 emotions, the stress. Even me, you know, I was happy to get hit in the face and see how it how it feels to get hit with MMA gloves. Because in sparring, you do get hit, but it's not the same. You know, mm -hmm. this is one, two. <laughs> If you if you move really fast into pro, your 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 record is very imp important in pro. Losing is hurts when you when you when you lose an amateur, it's no problem, you know. It's just mm -hmm. your ego that gets hit. But when you lose lose in pro, your records gets affected. And when your records get affected, then it's much harder to sign with with the with organizations, you know. So. Mm -hmm. Why risk it and 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 take uh, like fast steps just to 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 go into to say that you're in pro and then regret it later? Especially that when you sign in pro, normally you cannot fight back in amateur. So yeah, true. Yeah. So is the is the IMMAF path still something you want to follow? Uh, yes, but not directly. So I know that there's a European Championships coming up. Yes. In a few months. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me if I want to fight in it. And honestly, I, I don't want to say it's an answer, you know. For me, I, I need to think about it. But for me, I think it's too early because if I want to adjust what I need to adjust, I need more time. Yeah. In two, three months, you need more time. So I think maybe next world, next world championships uh, of mm -hmm. 2022 uh, because the champ world championships we did this time was 2021 since they were supposed to happen in December and they got postponed. Mm -hmm. So maybe end of year for the world championships. Yes, it is, but I need to fight before. <laughs> like I need to get yeah. experience here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to worry about national team or so you just go by yourself, you know? Don't need a coach. <laughs> Nelson just you left you alone. A training partner. You just, you just go. No, you know, you know. You, I don't you know what's be saying up. It's, I'm, I need to make this clear. I'm, I didn't lose because I had no coach. Sure. I didn't lose because I was by myself. I lost because I lost. You know. True. And this is important to understand. Yes, the the the, the circumstances were not with me, uh, but this is no reason, no reason to mm. lose. You know. Uh, For me, at some point, I was telling myself that maybe, maybe it's something. It's a it's an extra challenge, you know, 
to yeah. like if if I, if I would have won my fight to say that I won my fight with everything going on, you know, it didn't happen this way, but it's 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 okay. Yeah, that was yeah. a really really good talk. I hope the the listeners um, learned um, more about you. We certainly learned more about you, and we're very excited and very we're, we're on our 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 stools now to to see where you go and and where your career takes you. Because I also do think that that Sanda is a, is an underrated base for MMA, and if you're that good at it, I think you should be able to adapt. And we hope to yep. to see you compete very soon, of course. Yep. Thank you so so much. Uh, can I do a quick shout out to my oh, two absolutely. Uh, sponsors? I want to thank my uh, team, uh, Fight Move Academy in Neuchâtel, for everything they taught me and all the work they put in. I was. I also want to thank uh, Motion Lab, who took care of me uh, for my physical preparation and for my recovery. Uh, thank you, guys. You're part of the journey, and you're one of the reasons I'm here today. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. Barbara. That was that was very nice talking to you and we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you guys. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Barbara. And with that, we're switching to Schweizerdeutsch. Begeistert, oder? Ja, gut. Also <laughs> Das ist ja Wahnsinn, oder? Das kann man da dazu noch sagen, dass du eigentlich... <lacht> ja, es, ich meine, klar sagt sie das mit dem Schluss, dass, dass, äh, dass das nicht der Grund ist, warum das sie verliert und so. Und das stimmt sicher auch. Da, da fehlt sicher Erfahrung und da fehlen ein paar, ein paar Kämpfe. Das ist sicher so. Aber ich meine, da ist jetzt wirklich alles schief gegangen. Und da, auch, auch außerhalb von irgendjemandem seiner Kontrolle. Das muss man fairerweise glaube ich, ja. mal sagen. Oder? Also, ja, ja, klar. Logo, da hat jetzt niemand irgendetwas dafür. Nein. Aber ich meine, dass das gleich durchzieht. Weißt, ich ich kenne Leute... Die, dann stinkt es schon irgendwie auf Genf runterzugehen, um an irgendeinen Galago zu kämpfen. Korrekt. Dass du, dann, dass du dann völlig allein deinen ersten MMA-Kampf in Abu Dhabi machst, äh, mit dem ganzen Corona-Wirrwarr und, 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 und halt einfach das erste Mal so ein Turnier und du kennst niemanden, hast niemanden dabei. Das ist schon noch krass. Also ich finde, also ich meine, ich weiß nicht, ob ich es gemacht habe. Also und ich bin ja, ich meine, klar, ich bin jetzt kein Maßstab oder so. Aber ja, es ist also wirklich. Es du hättest es gemacht. <lacht> ich wäre einfach abgereist. Du bist. <lacht> Out of worldly. Es ist, es ist wirklich krass, dass sie, dass sie das durchzieht, dass sie irgendwie mm -hmm. den Coaches findet, dass sie den Weight Cut macht. Ich meine, das, das, das ist einfach nicht... Also, es ist, ist eine geile Story. Ich finde es ich ja. auch gut, wie sie wie es sagt. Und auch jetzt, dass sie, dass sie sagt, okay, jetzt braucht sie Erfahrung. Und darum da, da ja. nochmal der Shoutout natürlich ähm, Amateurveranstaltungen in der Schweiz. Ähm, Frauen, ich meine, please. Es hat schon ein paar Leute, die trainieren, ich weiß das. Und das ist, es wäre einfach, wär einfach super, super wichtig, wenn man könnte da den Amateurveranstaltungen, sollte mir Leute Möglichkeit, also alle Leute logisch die Möglichkeit geben, da, da zu kämpfen. Und wäre ein bisschen Armutszeugnis, wenn man das ja, mal wieder nicht schaffen, Fladi. Jetzt gibt es die Möglichkeit, 28. März, Rise. Rise ist wieder zurück. Rise is back. The also, King, wo, the King wo, wo is back. Es, wo, wo sonst willst du kämpfen? Als Nie nicht. Als bei Rise. Nie nicht. Also, Los jetzt. Es ist ja. äh, es, äh, die Anmeldungen ja. flattert innen und es wird grossartig. Flattert innen, genau. Ja, also wirklich nochmal Respekt an Sie. Das ist etwas, mhm. wo, wo man... Äh, ja, man hat jetzt das mal ausprobiert und man sieht es. Aber ich meine, ich glaube, es sind wirklich ich glaube, sechs Leute nominiert gewesen. 
<lacht> und Oli hat einfach wirklich Pech gehabt. Also einfach, einfach wirklich ja. einfach durchgängiges Pech, oder? Ja. Und der Nelson, der den Head Coach dort macht, eben aus, aus persönlichen Gründen nicht können. Ich meine, wir kennen den Nelson, der ist, der ist da für seine Leute, wenn immer er, ja, er kann. Und es hat jetzt einfach auch nicht funktioniert. Und, ja. ja. Also ich, ich stelle mir das wirklich geil. Da hätte man eigentlich mal so ein Video davor machen von ihrem, von ihrem Trip da. Ja, absolut. <lacht> Hoffentlich hat sie da irgendwie ein paar Sachen aufgenommen. <lacht> yes. Yes. Das Aber ist das es. ist nicht alles, was läuft, Baby. Nein, es läuft. Sind wir fertig? Nein, wir sind nicht. Also, wir sind fertig, wenn du möchtest, in 10 Minuten. Ich bin fertig, wenn die Fat Lady sind. Oh my God. Oh my God. Also, was, also hast, hast du noch etwas, was du willst, reden darüber? Also, eigentlich möchte ich sagen, ähm, es ist wieder jemand aus Neuchâtel äh, im Einsatz diese Woche. Und zwar der Friend of the Podcast Robert Valentin kämpft am Dunstig, ist das. Bei am Donnerstag, am 2. März, anlässlich von der ARES 3-Veranstaltung in Paris, kämpft er gegen den Ahmed Salamov. Ähm, und wir wünschen ihm auf jeden Fall viel Glück und ich hoffe, wir hören von ihm dann, wie es war. Und zu sehen gibt es die ARES-Veranstaltung für all die, die Fight Pass haben, die eine Subscription haben. Ihr könnt das live schauen. Ja, also wir sind, wir sind froh, ist Ares zurück. Das ist äh, das, das erste Ares, wird mir immer in, in Erinnerung bleiben mit dem yeah. Rug Rug. Ja. <lacht> es ist ein, äh, 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 man kann das glaube ich sagen, also Ares ist Fight Promotion von Fernando Lopez. Mhm. Ähm, of Fame, weil er de, unter anderem den Cyril Gan und den Francis Ngannou trainiert hat. Und der Cyril trainiert mhm. er immer noch natürlich, oder? Aber, Genau. Äh, ja, geiles Signing. Also, wir, wir haben ihm bereits gratuliert dafür. Das ist, ist super cool. Ähm, Gibt es da langsam so ein bisschen Connections und Anerkennung und, und dass der Robert Dater mal kann wirklich so auf seinem, ich hoffe, auf seinem Niveau ähm, einmal mal kämpfen und zeigen, was er kann. Genau. Es, es gibt ein, ein weiteres Signing bei Ares übrigens, dass man es nicht ganz ja. äh, vergessen. Der kämpft zwar nicht jetzt der Dunstig, aber äh, Kenji Bortoluzzi ist ebenfalls von Ares signed. Geiles Ich meine, das ist natürlich. Ich würde sagen, ich würde sagen, Ares, wenn die, wenn die ein bisschen so weitermachen, da mit dem Five Pass Deal und so, dann könnt die in Europa eine von der wichtigsten werden. Genau, und es ist ja schön, dass es jetzt nicht, weil es eine französische Promotion ist, dass es jetzt nicht so Franzosenlastig ist, sondern es hat wirklich ähm, Kämpfer von, von überall her, also schon hauptsächlich von Europa, aber eben, eben so übersetzt. Zum Beispiel im Main Event, da sehen wir einen, einen alten Kollegen aus Taftzeiten, den Godofredo Pepe. Richtig. Ich weiß ich weiß sehr genau. Und das ist ein sehr guter Fighter. Der hat jetzt zwar ein bisschen Pech gehabt, glaub, bei der UFC. Sind die letzten zwei, drei Kämpfe nicht ganz so nach seinem Ding gelaufen, aber ähm, no. der kämpft da im Main Event und äh, hat wirklich gute, gute Mischungen. Die Leute aus Bosnien, Frankreich natürlich, äh, ein paar aus der Smash Factory und mhm. Spanien und dann eben der, der Robert Valentin. Und ähm, ja, würde würd uns schauen, wir, dass wir den in Podcast kriegen, wenn er zurück ist. Genau, super. Ebenso wollte ich sagen, ähm, hast du das neue The Diss-Track von Jake Paul gesehen über Dana White? Selbstverständlich. Und, wie hast du es gefunden? <lacht> ich habe äh, im äh, MMA Love, Love from America mit dem Luke kurz darüber diskutiert und ja. dort bereits gesagt, der Diss-Track ist wie MMA. Er ist gut und schlecht <lacht> gleichzeitig. Und ich kann, ich kann mir nicht ganz so eine genaue Meinung dazu bilden. Ich sage einfach, mhm. ich, ich, bin, ich bin intrigued. Was sagst du dazu? Der Jake Paul hat äh, in der letzten Woche gesagt, er, er sei daran, äh, so eine Kämpfergewerkschaft zu machen. Mhm. Ja, bei ihm, ist es, bei ihm ist es schwierig zu einschätzen, was macht er einfach für seine Promotion. 
Mhm. Und, und war hat da wirklich so ein bisschen so eine soziale Ader, wo, wo ich ihm durchaus nicht absprechen will. Und eine Fighter-Gewerkschaft ist schon lange, es ist schon lange ein Mast. Und die Leute werden da schon eher, eher abzockt. Und wenn der Jake Paul derjenige ist, der <lacht> das möglich macht, <lacht> ich meine, dann kann ich das nur feiern. Also, ja, sicher. Es ist eben, wie gesagt, er hat auch gesagt, sie haben 51,3% Anteil an Endeavor gekauft mit seiner Investorengemeinschaft. Ich meine, schau, was denn da stimmt an dem ist. Das kann ich mir kaum vorstellen. Ich, ich muss ein bisschen einstimmen in Dana Whitehead. Ich habe das gestern auch schon gesagt. Ich meine, ich habe den lange verteidigt und gefunden, er ist ein guter Promoter. Ich frage mich wirklich, was er heute noch macht und über was es genau noch bringt, dass er dort hockt und die immer gleichen Phrasen von sich gibt und äh, an Teilen kämpft schon gar nicht mehr dort ist. Und ich glaube, es ist gut, dass er ein bisschen kützelt jetzt. Und wenn es der Jake Paul ist, ja, ist es halt der Jake Paul, oder? Der Jake Paul ist wenigstens einer, der die Schnurren nicht zumacht. Nope. Muss er auch nicht, oder? Nein. Jetzt eben, ich meine, wie sehr er da der Philanthrop ist, weiss ich halt auch nicht. Ähm, ein, also eine Sache, die er jetzt letztlich gemacht hat, wo, wo aber das so ein bisschen darauf schliessen lässt, dass er so ein bisschen eine soziale Ader hat, ist Amanda Serrano. Die hat er ja aus der, das ist eine von der absolut besten Boxerinnen, die praktisch nichts verdient hat. Und äh, wo er scheinbar mal gehört hat, was sie verdient hat, hat er gesagt, das äh, geht gar nicht, ich mache es dir eine Millionärin. Und hat jetzt äh, quasi so ein bisschen ihre Karriere und seine Fittiche genommen. Und hat ihr jetzt eigentlich den grössten Kampf ihrer Karriere lanciert. Und das ist sicher einer der absolut besten Kämpfe im Frauenboxen bis jetzt. Im Madison Square Garden. Amanda Serrano gegen Katie Taylor. Sie ist undisputed Champion ihrer Gewichtsklasse. Hat alle Gürtel auf sich vereint und die werden jetzt zusammen boxen. Und Amanda Serrano ist aus äh, Brooklyn von portorikanischen Eltern. Ich meine, das wird ein riesen Fight. Look. Es ist immer das Gleiche. Wenn jemand etwas Gutes macht, ist mir eigentlich wie egal, was seine Beweggründe sind. Und schauen wir mal. Also, du, du hast den Death-Track auch gut gefunden, nehme ich an. Oder du als alter Rapper. <lacht> Grossartig gefunden. Grossartig. Ich habe auch gedacht, oh nein, vielleicht verstehe ich gar nicht, wenn es am Mumble rappen oder so, dann verstehe ich nicht. Aber das ist ein wunderschön artikuliert. Nein, nein, das ist, das ist ein, ein klassischer, äh, ja. klassischer Rap. So. Also. <lacht> Es war wunderschön, auf jeden Fall die, die es nicht wissen, also die, die es noch nie gesehen haben, da gibt es auf YouTube, ist überall. Genau. Genau. Jetzt, es war ein UFC-freies Wochenende, aber es ist gleich einiges gelaufen. Wenn wir jetzt auch nicht darauf eingehen, es waren Haufen lokale Promotions, die irgendwie stattgefunden haben. Ich habe nicht ganz alles gesehen, aber das meiste habe ich gesehen. Äh, jemand hat sein Debüt gegeben, sein Promotional-Debüt äh, nicht von einer Promotion, was es was jetzt auch erst seit gestern gibt, sondern äh, was schon lange gibt, Eagle FC, der Khabib Nurmagomedov. Ähm, Im Main Event haben wir gesehen, der Karitonov gegen den Tyrant Spong. Und im Co-Main Event, Scheiße, jetzt ist gerade Deine, Pre deine Preparation, oder? Meine Prep, ich habe keinen Zettel da. Die, äh, der Rashad Evans natürlich genau. gegen den Robert. Der, nein, ist es Robert Checo oder? Ja. Gabriel Checo. Gabriel, der Gabi, der, wo man schon bei äh, UFC in den Invitationals gesehen hat, grappeln. Ähm, der Karitonov hat kein Problem mit dem Tyrant Spawn, der Rashad <lacht> Evans eigentlich ein, eigentlich also kein Problem, wirklich. kein Problem ist, also das Problem ist nur, dass er den, den Tyrant Spawn nicht umgebracht hat, oder? Ja, der King of the Ring ist im Cage wahrscheinlich nicht so daheim und darum ist das eine klare Sache gewesen. Was hast du gefunden so overall von dieser, von dieser Veranstaltung? Ja, ich bin ja, ja lange 
sehr auf der Kippe gewesen, weil auch so, so Matchups wie der Kevin Lee und der Diego Sanchez macht mir einfach keine Freude. Das ist vielleicht lustig, so zum drüber lachen ein bisschen und haha und Mm. Aber da gibt es einfach, ich meine, dass der, der Diego Sanchez nicht unbedingt noch gesund ist, das wissen wir. Und mm. ähm, ja, also das sind so Matchups, wo ich finde, warum braucht es Eagle FC? Das macht ja Bellator schon, einfach alte Leute voneinander loslassen. Also Main Event mm. Sergei Karitonov gegen Tyron Spong, der in neun Jahren nicht mehr gekämpft hat und so. Das ist dann ein bisschen das Wort, was es Aber der Rest von der Karte, ich habe das übrigens auch gemeint mit dem Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans ist für mich auch jemand, der auch basierend auf seinen letzten paar Äußerungen, die letzten paar Monate vielleicht nicht mehr so kämpfen aber mhm. ähm, ich bin eigentlich von der Card, von der Card im, im Allgemeinen sehr positiv überrascht gewesen. Es hat, wirklich, es hat wirklich recht gute Fights drauf gehabt. Ich habe Rashad Evans seine Performance geil gefunden. Der Ray Borg ist nicht, ist, Ray Borg gegen Cody Gibson ist, ist ein sehr gutes Matchup gewesen. Du hast, mhm. äh, man fragt sich einfach ein bisschen, was, was ist die Promotion, was andere noch nicht sind? Oder was ist die Promotion, was Bellator noch nicht mhm. ist? Und da muss er noch einen Charakter finden. Aber ich bin eigentlich, ja, bin eigentlich gar nicht so, so, so negativ weggegangen. Im Gegenteil, ich habe mich, hab mich recht, recht gut amüsiert. Der Kobi hat es im Vorfeld gesagt, irgendwie Bellator und die UFC sollen sich warm anlegen. Jetzt kommen mehr und jetzt alle gut und so. Ich meine, ja, ja. Aber eben genau das sagen doch so ein bisschen alle irgendwie. Aber es, ich denke, es ist auch schwierig. Ich meine, die, die meisten Kämpfe sind ja sowieso schon bei der UFC äh, unter Vertrag. Also wer wird denn da eigentlich noch haben im Programm? Eben außer dass du dann so Oldies für holst oder so ein Leute, die man halt noch nicht kennt. Und da gibt es natürlich einfach etwa 100'000 Russen, die einfach kein Mensch kennt, aber die sicher sehr gut sind. Ja, und das ist halt eine Frage, wie fest, äh, weil die sich ja doch alle sehr gleich in ihrem Kampfstil. Ähm, und ihrem Äußeren. Und ihrem Äußeren. Dann, äh, dann ist es halt einfach schwierig. Okay, jetzt hat, jetzt hat irgendwie ein, ein Magomed Aliyev oder ein Kura Magomedov haben da John Howard und Anthony Jokowani besiegt. Und mhm. Ja, das ist die Frage, wo, wo es geht Aber I like fight. Und... Äh, es, ist, äh, es hat sehr gute Fights darunter gehabt. Mir, mir muss das Ding, glaube ich, im Moment nicht machen. Also. Nein, nein. I'll tell you what, you know, I'll tell you what, bro. You know, I was out there, I was fighting all the hitters, bro. You ain't fought no hitters. Genau. Genau, genau. Auf den Punkt gebracht. Du musst ein paar Hitters bringen und schauen, dass die Leute einfach andere Performances anlegen. Also wenn, wenn er dann Smash Factory einfliegt, dann, dann, muss, es, dann muss es klopfen, dann darf es keine Wrestlebangs geben, wenn er, da, wenn er da länger wirklich dabei sein Also einfach nicht immer, bitte. Ja, also es gibt einfach schon Wrestlebangs, die geil sind und Wrestlebangs einfach nicht geil sind. Ja, die nicht geil sind. Ja, ja. Bellator hat auch eine Show gehabt, ihre Heavyweight-Unification-Match äh, zwischen also Champion sorry, vielleicht, Ryan... Sorry, wenn ich die unterbreche, bitte. Ja, also zum Beispiel, in der UFC 270, der Said Nurmagomedov zum Beispiel, oder? Ich meine, fucking, im, fucking impressed, oder? Also, das Aber ist meinst, einfach meinst du nicht, das ist einfach Creme von der Creme von denen und es gibt einfach sehr viele, die gut sind, Natürlich. aber sind nicht einfach... Ich sage nur, es ist möglich und es ist möglich gewesen, weil er hm. einfach ein komplettes Game rausgerollt hat. Und das ist natürlich, mhm. äh, da, da, dann, dann kein Thema mehr, oder? Aber da musst du natürlich, da musst du einfach ein bisschen etwas anderes probieren und als ewig gleiche Erfolgsrezept raushauen, wo ja auch, und vielleicht sagst du auch noch etwas dazu, ähm, bei Bellator unter anderem von Benson Henderson vielleicht ein bisschen adressiert worden ist, oder? Also, wenn du gut möchtest schlafen, dann kannst du das letzte Bellator anschauen. Nein, das ist jetzt wirklich wieder mal ein Snoozefest vom, vom Feinsten gewesen. Henderson, ja. das, gegen den Mamedoff, ist jetzt also schon noch easy gewesen. Ich jetzt. 
Ja, das war jetzt noch okay. Gewesen. Aber der Main Event, ich habe gedacht, das wird sicher ein geiler Fight zwischen, äh, zwischen Ryan Bader und dem äh, Valentin Moldowski. Jetzt habe ich nicht schlecht gebracht und das noch auswendig gelernt. Mhm. Ähm, weil es hat ja geil angefangen, aber nachher, ich meine, einfach nur wrestlen, einfach nur heben und unheben und gar nichts versuchen, kein Backtake oder kein Submission oder nicht irgendwie mal schlagen am Boden, sondern einfach nur, äh, ich habe die, ich heb die fest und so. Das ist einfach, es ist meine, leider das, wo man, wo man muss sagen und wo viele nicht hören, gerne gehört, es ist einfach nicht nur ein Sport, was wir da machen. Man muss sich vermarkten, man muss ein bisschen eine Show abziehen, man muss sich selber zeigen. Ja. Es wird keine Promotion für einen machen, auch wenn das die Leute immer wieder meinen, die UFC soll da irgendwelche Leute promoten. Also die, die macht einen Scheiß, sie promotet sich selber, sie promotet die UFC-Brand und mehr machen es nicht. Und wenn du nicht selber dich promotest, dann wird dich einfach nie irgendjemand kennen. Mhm. Und dazu musst du auch, vielleicht ist so ein Podcast kommen wieder, auch wenn es dich anschießt. Da dazu, da wink, dazu, wink. Wink, wink an einige Leute. Da dazu musst du ein, ein Social-Media-Profil fahren. Da dazu musst du die Leute an deinem Ding teilhaben. Da dazu musst du mal eine Melone smashen an einem Wayne. Da dazu musst du, äh, wie, wie, ein, wie ein Morris aber wie so, so Quests machen, zumindest Instagram etwas machen. Du musst. Mhm. Es geht einfach nicht anders. Ja. Es, es, es ja, interessiert sicher. sonst keine Sau. Die müssen die Charakter mhm. kennen, die müssen wissen, wer du bist. Dann fangen sie sich für dich an interessieren. Das Keimrezept wo schon lange kein Keimrezept ist, hat man bei The Ultimate Fighter One herausgefunden und wer es nicht kopiert, ist wirklich selber geschuld. Ich kann es nicht besser sagen. Amen, Brother. Amen. Amen zu ihm. Das war so ein, so ein Banger, gewesen, da die Leute sind hört rundherum. Gut. Metze, yes. was läuft so schnell? Hast du noch etwas? Nein, ich habe nichts mehr, ich bin am Ende. Rice Gut, ich auch. findet statt Ende März. Ja. Es ähm, wird, wird fucking grossartig. Wir haben, äh, wir haben Leute, die an Ares teilnehmen. Wir haben zwei Amateur-MMA-Veranstaltungen im Februar. Es, äh, es kommt langsam wieder Leben in die Sache. Super. Ich finde es geil. Wunderbar. Dann, in diesem äh, Sinne. Hören wir uns bald. Und ähm, like, share, subscribe. Für die, die da bis zum Schluss dabei geblieben sind. <lacht> äh, es ist wichtig. Danke vielmals fürs Zuhören. Ciao zusammen. Metze. Tschüss. Tschüss zusammen. And again, and again, and again, and still, and I'm gonna be a champion for the ride.